You are listening to a weekend message from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you, so find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. Scientists have discovered this hormone inside the human brain. And I was reading about it this week. Um, And for a lot of people, it's out of balance. And this is a hormone that they call the hunger switch. And for some, when it's out of balance, the, uh, the switch can get stuck on. And so that means I can go and I can eat. I can go to Texas Roadhouse, I can eat appetizer, I can eat entree, I can eat a salad, I can eat a baked potato, I can eat all the things. And then as soon as I get in the car, I'm like, man, you know what I could go for? A little bit of Chick-fil-A, right? So this hunger switch gets uh, stuck on in the on position for some people. When I read about this, I was thinking, I need to find somebody that can check my switch. You know what I mean? Like maybe I got mine stuck on. This weekend, I had a house full of uh, preteens and teens, and I can tell you about their switch, it's stuck on all the time. How many of y'all have a house with teenagers in it or have had a house with teenagers in it? Okay, this is something that I didn't know I wasn't prepared for. Growing up with these kids, a Happy Meal was all they needed. But something happens around 12 years old, 13 years old, they turn into animals. And we started going to the store the other day, and Jessica's like, I got to buy some snacks for the kids. And I said, we just bought snacks. And she said, we're out of snacks. They eat all of snacks. So these kids are driving me crazy because I'm going broke trying to feed these teenagers around my house. I got to get their switch checked out. They're playing sports. They're being active, and they have big appetites. Listen, spiritually, I want you to hear my heart on this. Us as a church, my prayer is that like our hunger switch would be stuck on and that we would continually be hungry to know God more, to grow deeper in him, and have a hunger that is not ever satisfied. Last week, we said it like this. We're talking about vision. And we said, we pray for a church with an insatiable hunger to grow, like a hunger that doesn't fade, that never goes away. It's like, I always want to grow spiritually. Jesus actually said the keys to living a life that is blessed is this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I pray that for this church. You need to know I also pray that over my own heart. And the question that I would like all of us to be able to answer today is how hungry are you right now? Not like it's almost lunchtime, I'm going to go Western Sizzling hungry. Like how hungry are you for spiritual things, for the things of God? I've heard people say things like, Oh, you know, I got so busy today. I was working out in the garage and I got busy and uh, I looked up and I realized I forgot to eat lunch. And I think, that's never happened to me one time in my life, you know. I never forgot to eat lunch my whole life. I wish I did. If I could forget every now and then, it'd be easier for me to get a beach body. It ain't, right? Physical hunger for me isn't a problem. Like, I have it. But sometimes spiritual hunger is... Sometimes I let my heart be full of so much junk food, spiritual junk food, distracted by things, full of media, caught up in matters that don't matter, 
that it ends up ruining my spiritual appetite. So that's why I pray, God, let my heart be a heart that's hungry for you. Let my heart be a heart that's hungry to grow. If I don't have that heart, I need it. If you don't have it, you need it. Colossians 2 says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. We need to be a people with some deep roots that grow down into Christ. Because what happens if we don't grow? What happens if there is no hunger to grow and we don't grow? I'll give you a few things if you're taking notes. It's so important because if you don't, and this happens, one is you end up going backwards. Relationships are like a puddle. They are either growing or they're drying up, but they don't stay the same. And your relationship with God, listen, you will end up drifting, but you will never just drift towards a closer relationship with God. You will always drift away from God. And if you're not growing, then you're going to end up going backwards in life. Some of you have a moment that you can remember that you had like a moment with Jesus Maybe it was at a youth camp when you were young and you went to the services on the last night of the church camp. The guy got up and preached and everybody started crying and they went down to the altar and everybody got saved. And it's like, I remember that moment. But in between now and then, I don't remember any growth really happening in me. Maybe you had a moment uh, where you came into church, you heard the gospel and like God moved in your heart. But since then, it's like, man, I don't think much has happened since then. You're not drifting towards God. You end up drifting away. The second thing that happens if you don't grow is that you end up getting tossed around. And this would be one of the things that I see happen most often to Christians. You know, Ephesians 4 says, this is the hope, right? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Like when you grow roots, when the waves come, when deceitful teaching comes, when false teaching comes, like you have roots that are deep in Christ, you've been growing in him, you are not tossed around by those things. But when you haven't had any growth in your life, then the storms of life blow in, false teaching blows in, and what happens? It moves me wherever it wants to move me because I don't have any roots that grow deep. Next thing that happens, number three, is you will always have to borrow someone else's spirituality. In high school, there was this kid, his name was Fuse, and uh, Fuse would come up every day. Fuse had lunch, like the cafeteria would serve lunch. But Fuse didn't want the lunch the cafeteria served. He wanted pizza sticks, a little like, you know, pizza sticks, Totino's, whatever. And so he would come up to me every day and he'd be like, hey, B. I say, hey, Fuse. Hey, B, can I borrow a quarter? Sure, if you can borrow a quarter, borrow. I ain't never seen that quarter again. You know what I mean? Like he'd come up every day and he had about 10 or 15 people that he'd go around and he'd borrow a quarter from every day and then he'd go get him some pizza sticks. And all of us just carried extra change in our pocket to fund Fuse's pizza stick addiction. Like that's what we were, right? There are people that are like this spiritually, that every time 
Something happens in their life. They don't have any roots in Christ. They haven't grown at all. And so they just run to people that do. They run to someone that's strong, that reads the word. They run to someone and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know, but I can call this person. Now, listen, if you're going through something and you don't know what to do, you should do that. You should call someone who is spiritually strong, who is rooted and say, help me, help me, pray for me. But I want you to hear me. God has some strength for you. He's got some spiritual power for you that as you grow in him, he gives you so that all the things in life that come your way, not everything rattles you anymore. It's like, okay, I'm firmly, deeply rooted in Jesus and his word. And even though this is coming against me, I can stand on his word. This isn't going to push me around. I don't have to run and panic and look for somebody because I know who I am in Christ. This is what happens when you grow. The last one is this, if you're not growing, you're gonna be vulnerable. A few years ago, I was in the Amazon jungle. Many of you don't even know because some of you weren't here before um, the pandemic, but in the years before the pandemic, every summer we would take a trip to Peru, to Iquitos, Peru, to work with a church there, to build a Bible school in the middle of the jungle. It's awesome. And we are actually going next year in the summer of 2023. Shameless plug, we have a interest meeting uh, the first Sunday in October. We're going to go to Peru. We're going to preach the gospel to places where they've never seen uh, the gospel, never heard the gospel. You're going to want to be there for that. So make that down. But anyway, I was out there a few years ago. And we were in the jungle. And we had taken a break from all the construction, and we were looking at animals, and we were looking at all this stuff, like beautiful, trying to see birds and all these things. And I looked up, and everybody else was gone. And it was just me out in the jungle by myself. And I got a beard, but I ain't as manly as my beard looks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't live the beard the way that you might think. And so when I realized I couldn't see anybody else when I was out there by myself, I ain't gonna lie, I got scared. And I was out there, I was hoping that I would see a monkey or something, right, before when people were around. When I was by myself, I was praying, God, please don't let no monkey come over here. Like, I don't, I don't wanna see a monkey or nothing. I started looking for Lance Jennings. If you are ever in the jungle, there ain't nobody better to be out there with than Lance Jennings. He could fight off 12 monkeys monkeys at once, right? Like, that's Lance. I love it. And so I was like, Lance, where are you? You know, and I hear him. I hear him. I hear the, the rest of the guys doing the actual work. And so I go through the jungle and I find all the people. But when I was out there by myself, I was all alone. I was scared because any old cat that came up, tiger, any old lion, whatever, they don't have lions down there, but any other could come down and find me and they find themselves a big old snack in the middle of the jungle, amen? It's because I was out there by myself, I was totally defenseless, I was vulnerable. When you haven't grown in Christ, when you don't have roots that are deep in him, when you don't have community and people around you that love you and that pray for you and that care for you, when you are all alone, you are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. All of these things that happen when you don't grow, I don't want any of these things to happen to you. As your pastor and all the pastors that you have around here, we want you to grow so that you can be strong. And at the end of your life, you can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
like you were faithful to follow me. We want you to grow for that reason. That's why we pray for a church where their hunger switch is stuck on, an insatiable hunger to grow. Growing believers have a few things in common. And so we talk about this a lot, but right now people are uh, ending their summer vacations, right? Getting back into the routine. So a couple of these things I'm going to go over with you so that you can make sure that you see these habits in your life. All right. First Corinthians 9, 25 and 26 says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. First Timothy 4, 7 says, take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. It's going to take some time and sometimes it takes some trouble to do it, but it's well worth it. Jess and I have recently restarted going to the gym. You know, we got into the fall. I said, I know I got to get back in the gym. I got to start doing this. Jessica, when do you want to go work out? Because you want to work out. I want to work out. Let's do it together. She says, that's great. I can work out at 5 a.m. And I said, oh, (laughs) I felt it in my spirit, you know. (laughs) And so if you got to work out at 5 a.m., that means you got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And I'll tell you this, there's not one spiritual thing happening in my life at 4.30 in the morning, I promise you. And Jessica will wake me up every, and she'll tap me on the shoulder, hey, hey, it's time to get ready. And then she'll say these words, and I love to hear these. Do you want to go today? I'm like, oh. My mind starts wondering, how can I say no? (laughs) How many different ways can I say no? What's wrong with me? So I think, you know, well, babe, uh, I don't know. Maybe not today. I didn't sleep good last night. You know, I I probably sprained my shin, you know, like all these things, all these reasons. I start negotiating in my mind. Maybe it'll be better if I go a different time, a different day. Kobe Bryant was one of the hardest training basketball players ever. He's notorious for um, being in the gym all the time, always working, always working. And he said, when it comes to practice, when it comes to going to the gym, when it comes to my commitments that I make, I'm not negotiating. There's no negotiations. All of my commitments are firm. And it seems like the easiest thing in the world to do is to make a commitment, but the hardest thing in the world to do is follow through with the commitment. I can think in my own life, right now I have a Planet Fitness membership and I've had this Planet Fitness membership for a long time. (laughs) And I can't tell you the last time I went to Planet Fitness, right? It has been, I even joined another gym and I'm going to another gym and I have my Planet Fitness membership. And it happened because I went by, they have this thing where you can join Planet Fitness for one penny and they bring you in and they show you all the machines and they tell you how great your life will be if you work out at Planet Fitness and they have all these really nice treadmills and stair steppers and everything else. And I say, yes, yes, this is me. And I'm full of inspiration and I'm inspired. And so I go over and I sign on the dotted line. 
And I go for a week, and I go for two weeks, and then I go one day, the third week, and then the fourth week, I'm like, I'll go next week. And then I haven't been back in a very long time. What happens? Inspiration is great to help you start things, but it doesn't help you follow through because all it takes is one bad phone call, one bad night's sleep, one tough season of life, and that kills your inspiration. Inspiration is great at starting things, but it takes discipline to continue. It takes discipline to do the things that matter day in and day out. Inspiration says, yes, I feel like doing this. I'm going to do it. Let me sign up. Discipline says, I'm going to do the right things, whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it. I'm going to put in the effort because I know that the reward is worth it. And Paul says he has to discipline his body to keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So in our life, spiritually, you need to make some commitments and you need to say, these are the things that I'm not going to negotiate on. I have some habits and some disciplines in my life where I'm not going to wonder if I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there day in and day out because I need, I want to grow, and it's worth it. I'll give you two of them. We're going to be shorter today uh, to give you time to uh, go check out these life groups. The first is this. I don't negotiate with my time in God's word or prayer. You know where your spiritual strength comes from? Like the secret to it all, like what's the secret to being strong spiritually? It comes from being devoted to God's word and to prayer. I'm devoted and disciplined. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in it. Even if I don't feel like it. You know, sometimes for people, prayer is awkward and you don't know what to say. And you say, okay, I'm going to make this commitment. I'm inspired, right? And I'm going to get up every morning at 5.30 and I'm going to pray. And the first morning you get up and the second morning you get up and the third morning you get up and you're like, I don't know what to say today. And you sit there and your mind starts to wonder and you think about all the other stuff and you think, man, I should just, I should just go ahead and start getting ready and go back to work. And some of you say, I, I just need to go back to bed. And when things get tough, the inspiration is gone, you need to have the discipline to follow through with your commitment. You'll read the Bible. Sometimes you'll read something you don't understand. All of this stuff, being distracted, praying, being feeling awkward. I don't know what to say. I read things that maybe I don't really get that. All of this stuff happens to everybody. No negotiations. I'm going to show up anyway. I'm committed no matter what. Because you need to hear this. This is one of the, the things that has shown up in Christianity that is not true. Sunday mornings are not enough for you. They will only get you so far. You have to learn to become a self-feeder. That means every day I'm going to get up. I'm going to open my Bible. I have a friend named Marcus. He calls it porch time. I love that. He goes out on his back porch every morning, no matter what discipline. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And I never have to wonder if I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there every day because it's important. It matters. This is what mattered to the early church. They devoted themselves, the Bible says, to the apostles' teaching. 
and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. My time with Jesus is not up for debate. It can't get bumped off my schedule. I'm going to put it in a place that is protected from everything else because it matters to me. I'm going to grow roots. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to put it into practice in my life. I'm going to grow roots. The second thing that I don't negotiate with is my large crowd or my small crowd. When I get up on Saturdays, I cook breakfast for the family. We do this whole thing. When I'm out there cooking, I'm not thinking, I wonder if I'm going to go to church tomorrow. I wonder if I'm going to be in God's house. I ain't worried about that. My commitment is firm. Like, yes, I'm going to be there 100%. Whether the hogs win or lose, I'm going to be there. Whether Alabama wins or wins, I'm going to be there, right? I don't negotiate if I'm going there. I also don't negotiate if I'm going to life group or not. Like, if I commit to it, then I'm going to be there. I'm going, even if people are there that join that are weird, and I'm like, man, they're weird. That's okay. I'm still going to go. Acts 2.46 says, every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They had two places they were getting together every day, the temple courts and in the homes. The temple courts and in the homes. That's the small crowd and the large crowd. For us, Sundays, that's the temple courts, right? That's the big crowd. We gather together. We lift the name of Jesus up. We teach the word and we hear it. We uh, see other people. It's great. It's wonderful. We love it. So important to be committed to the gathering together of the saints. But also, I'm committed to my life group. I'm committed to the small crowd. You need this in your life. I think a lot of people think about small groups and life groups, a couple of things. One, you might think, going to a Bible study in the middle of the week and listening to somebody teach for an hour or two hours is not what I wanna do. And you kind of boil this stuff down to just like a Bible study you're going to listen to somebody preach and you're like, I already do that on the weekend. What you're doing in a life group is not that. I mean, we teach the Bible for sure. We talk about scripture. But what you're doing is you're building a community of believers who care for each other, who pray for each other. You're sitting in those seats right now you are. And for most of you, I do not know what is going on in your life when you leave this room. I see you here. I know what a lot of you do for a living. I know if you have kids or not. I know if you're on Facebook and you post about stuff, like I know that kind of stuff. But what is really going on in your heart? What I know is very limited. You need people in your life who know what's happening in here. And this is what life groups boils down to. Yes, we live, we do life together. That means we eat together, we watch football together, we hang out together, we laugh, we call, we text, we cry, we have good days and bad days together as a group. But you're building a community of people that care for your soul, that care for your heart. And so you may think it's just a Bible study. It's not just a Bible study. 
you also may think, I have friends. Like, I got a lot of friends. I go out with my friends, we hang out together, and that's good. Like, I am glad that you have friends. But do you have friends that you can talk about God's word with, that keep you accountable to living for God? Do you have friends like that? Because you need friends like that. You need friends who can look you in the eye and say, hey, I love you so much. And I want you to know what you're doing right now is not good for you. It's not healthy for your heart. It's not getting you closer to Jesus, but it's moving you away from him. Do you have that in your life? Because that's what you need in your life. The question today is not, am I going to join a life group or am I not going to join a life group? The question today is, do I want to grow? And if the answer is yes, then you need to find yourself a community of believers to be a part of. We don't just do these things because we have other stuff that we want to do. I don't do this stuff so that uh, we can hang our hat on having this many number groups and this many people in them and this many. That, like none of, We do this because we want you to be healthy believers. This is why. This is why we have people out there like Ben and Grace Holloway that said, I'm going to lead a group this semester because I feel like the Lord wants us to help take care of people. If you need some great life group leader, go find Ben and Grace. They love people. This is why we do it. We do it for you.